Hey friend, we just wanted to pop over and remind you of all of the freebies that we have on our website at hustlehumblypodcast.com slash resources. There are quite a few on there. They work for buyers and sellers, for your business, all different things you might need and all for free. Mm -hmm. Alyssa, which one is your favorite? My favorite freebie is the due diligence checklist. Oh, that's a good one and Mm -hmm. so impactful for your buyers. Mm -hmm. It's a great email template. It's a really good one. Uh, My favorite is probably staging checklist. Mm -hmm. I want my sellers to have those houses looking good. Yes, yes. So head over and see which ones you would like to download or get them all. Enjoy. You don't have a client, but they don't need to know that. I'm like, that's a lie. That's a lie. You're like, yeah. this class is no what, good. What is happening here? Like, I've been doing this for 10 years. Yeah. And she's like, how old are you? <laughs> Nancy, <laughs> I'm pregnant. How am I ever going to sell a house? Hi, y'all. Welcome to Hustle Humbly. It's Alyssa and Katie, and we are two top producing realtors in the Baton Rouge market. We work for two different companies where we should be competitors, but we have chosen community over competition. The goal of our podcast is to encourage you to find your own way in business. So stop comparing yourself and start embracing your strengths. Okay. Hello, Alyssa. Hey, Katie. Guess what? Hmm. It's episode number 103. Okay. And we're doing New Agent 101. All right. I feel an extreme level of pressure (laughs) because we get lots of new agent listeners. And number one, I don't want them to feel like we're beating up on them. No. Number two, I want to make sure this episode has everything we want new agents to know so that when they say, oh, new agent 101, I'm going to go listen to that. Okay. That it's all there. Well, they also, when you come here, go look at our episode breakdown by category. Hold, please. Because if it's not here, we have it. We have it. In another episode. Here, before we dive into any specifics of our New Agent 101 thoughts, here are the episodes that I have recently... We have a list. Yes. These are episodes to start with. So if you're new, this is where you would start. It's 103 episodes, Mm y'all. I know you cannot physically listen to 103 episodes very quickly, and maybe it's a little bit overwhelming. Sure. So we have taken this down to about 12. Okay. Top 12 for new agents. The top 12 for new agents. Okay. Um, Number 26, what we wish we knew before starting. Okay. Number nine, database. Okay. Number 17, what to do when you're new or slow. Mm -hmm. So that's really action items. Yeah. Number 38, how to get business. 39, love your people, fear of rejection. Number 40, wow, that that little blur. We were hot on the new agent stuff, I guess. 38. 39, 40. The bare necessities is 40. Okay. Number 49, do your job. Just do your job. Do your job. And so you need to know what that is. What is your job? Number 57, take a day off. Yes. Because y'all don't get in that system. Number 58, why systems are the answer. Yes. Why do you need systems? What the heck are they? Mm -hmm. Number 79, buyers, buyers, buyers. Okay. This is open and shut on buyers. That's where we all start. So if you're new, that's where you need to go. And then number 23, I added on when I was doing these notes, the three P's of professionalism. Yeah, very important. Y'all need to be professional and you need to know what that means. Okay, so So what inspired today's episode? (laughs) Well, you know, ironically, it kind of piggybacked off of the story I told in last week's episode about vacations, where I lost the buyer because, I mean, I take blame. I didn't send the buyer rules yet. They were still getting pre-approved. Then they ended up buying this for sale by owner. But what ultimately kind of (laughs) brought me to this was the agent that ended up helping them clearly didn't ask them if they had an agent. Right. Do you know what I mean? Yes. They just, and so I looked them up. They swooped in. They swooped in and it was a newer agent. And I think I felt like I got sniped by a new agent who didn't really have what I would consider to be the normal process for taking in a buyer, which is, hey, do you have an agent? Right. You have to ask this question. And mm-hmm. I think that is one of my number one pet peeves about new agents um, or maybe even inexperienced agents. I was going to say, it, it, it is kind Could of a problem anyone. across the board. You Stealing clients is not okay. Right. And stealing clients means you and your heart knew those people had an agent and you proceeded to work with them. Right. Instead of saying, hey, 
Are you working with an agent? Okay, well then you need to call them with your questions. If they then say, well, I don't really want to work with them, that's a different ball game. Right. But you can't just, they have a choice. You can't just choose not to ask the questions mm-hmm. so that you can maybe slip in there and get the business. I just think that's a, a not a nice way to start. Yeah. So, I mean, that's kind of where where it started with. I felt like you cannot be a new agent that's so desperate that you'll do anything to get clients. Sure. I just, I think it's a problem. Mm-hmm. Um, and I consider that to be stealing a client. It's It all goes back to boundaries, to mindset, to professionalism, yeah. to systems. Yeah. If you have systems in place and you're working them, then you have a process. Yeah. You ask these questions. Right. You send these emails. Right. This is how you run your business. Right. Well, you run it like a business. Yes. And that's probably high on my list of where new agents go wrong. They just don't run it like a business at the beginning. Mm-hmm. Right. You run it like a hobby or a side hustle. And even then, you should still run it like a business. Um, I also have it on my where do newbies go wrong list. Do not mislead or take advantage of the public. So that's part of that. You know, like we, those were new first time buyers. They didn't know any better. Right. The agent just kind of like came in and did whatever. Um, but I had, I'm going to tell a story. Okay. I don't honestly know if I've told this whole story before and I'm going to try and keep it somewhat brief because it is a long one. But two years ago, it was right. Be- so no, one year ago, it was right before COVID. Um, I had a procuring cause brought against me. Okay. So I closed a deal and then another agent came and said that it was their client. Okay. And that they had procuring cause, which is, I'm assuming across the board, not just Louisiana, but yeah. it's a law, right? Like mm-hmm. it's part of the real estate commission can say, well, you, they had procuring cause and they get the commission because they were really the agent and, and you slipped in there, I guess. Well, these were like past clients of mine. They, we had looked at many, many houses together. Okay. I, I knew they had gone to an open house. I, okay. They had given me all the information about it. Well, one of the houses we saw, let's just call it in, I don't know, February. They ended up, it ended up being the one they bought. But like six months later or three or four months, it was many months. The house had been on the market a long time. Okay. okay? So, of course, they had originally seen it with the agent who was on duty at an open house who said, oh, I also work this neighborhood. Kind of made them think that that they represented the builder. It was new construction. Okay. So, they thought they were going with a builder's rep Mm -hmm. to see the house. It didn't even occur to them. I mean, they never once thought that I wasn't their agent. Right. Right? Yeah. The whole time. They're just attending the open door. It's open. Here. And then they would ask him questions thinking he was representing the builder. Sure. So, of course, in my mediation that I had to go to, which is the first time in my entire 15-year career I ever had to do this, um, you know, this agent showed up with this big stack of printed communication between himself and my buyer as proof oh. that that was there, that that was his buyer. Wow. And part of his argument was he had gone to the showings with them because they'd been back to this house more than once and had said do you want me to represent you in the purchase of this house? And they were like, I mean, like, I don't even know what ended up saying, but he kept going back to, I asked them if they wanted me to represent them in the purchase of this house. And all the while they think that he's representing the builder. And they're like, right. Yes, you're involved, but whatever. Like, Mm -hmm. so needless to say, I closed the sale. It's So at what point did you come in? All, I was there all along. Okay. His first communication with them was like one week prior to mine. And that was the original open house they saw him at. And then they sent me this long email of, um, these are the open houses we've been to. These are the neighborhoods we're interested in. Now let's start looking, you know, okay. more in depth. Yeah. And they had a house they were selling from out of state. So it was taking some time. Sure. Anyway, I had plenty of communication myself. Sure. Not to mention when I told my buyer what was going on, they were like, well, he's not our agent. You are. And they wrote a very long letter to the board before my mediation that basically said, that's not our agent. Yeah. We don't want him to be paid. This is our agent. Mm -hmm. This is who we solicited to represent us. This is who we want to be paid, which is who got paid. Right. I would like to pause here because I think it's very important for everybody here to understand from serving on like different boards, the public 
is the number one priority. Yep. So if agents are having conflict, it is never to affect the buyer or the seller. Right. The deal is to close and then we are to work it out amongst ourselves. And if a buyer would like to choose to switch agents, that is to be respected. Right. They get to choose who they want to work with. And it doesn't matter if you showed them 100 houses, if they decide that they don't want you to be their agent, they're allowed to do they that. They are allowed to do that. And there's nothing you can do about it. Right. They're, well, <laughs> but here's the, the hard lesson I learned. Once the mediation is in, so it, mediation happens before arbitration, which is like a jury trial by the board, right? Yes. So I get to go in front of a single mediator with this other agent and both of our brokers, and we get to talk it out. Okay. Okay. And, and so that's when I hear all of, you know, because the complaint Were you surprised is, by anything? Um, I was a little bit surprised by how much communication my clients had had with him. Yeah. But at the same time, I was more surprised that he, even in our, like, our mediation, he said, I said, well, I show them lots and lots of houses. Mm-hmm. Didn't, didn't they, didn't you know they were working with another agent because... They, you only showed them that house and the open house you were at. Right. You didn't go to the other name. I went to all these neighborhoods. And right. he said, well, you know, I had asked several times if they wanted me to show them the houses that they were interested in. And they said, no, we've got it. I'm like, so you knew that they yeah. were using That's what bothered me. It almost felt like entrapment mm-hmm. because he knew they were seeing houses with another agent. Yeah. And he kind of made it sound like, well, I didn't know if they were just calling the, the sign for every listing they went to. Mm-hmm. Like whoever agent was on that. I'm like, well, if you thought you were representing them as you should have said to them, hey, that's not the best way to go about this. Right. I'm going to help you go to all these houses because you need representation. You don't maybe want to call the listing agent every time. Mm-hmm. There are levels on levels of this. And it it really does come down to also, you know, buyers and the public can, they don't understand they don't all the time. Understand. And a lot of realtors, especially new agents, don't do a good job explaining. I feel like I can't even say new agents because I feel like this it's is... It's not just them. No, it's yeah. just... Agent agents are not taking the time to explain to the public how we work, right? How we run, yeah. How we get paid, right? You would never go to your CPA and allow them to start services without knowing what you're about to pay them. What, what are you gonna do? Yes, like I need to understand and what this costs. Yes, they don't know no. any of that. No, I think that was really. What, what kind of triggered me was that it, it's not okay for the public to come to you at an open house if it's not your listing and you let them believe that's your listing. Sure. It's not okay for you to sit in a new construction neighborhood and they come to write an offer and all of a sudden you're dual age or like mm-hmm. or you're their agent and th- even worse. Without the, the choice given to them. They need to know I don't represent the builder. I don't like work for that person. I, if I, if you write this offer with me, I'm representing you. I honestly think there's some buyers who fill out that paperwork and don't even understand that X agent who was sitting that new construction open house is now representing them and not even the build, like right. just them, right? not even the builder. So I think that it just takes communication. Right. You just say to the person who comes to the open house, hi, I'm Katie. I work at such and such company. This is so-and-so's listing or such and such builder. And mm-hmm. if you don't have an agent representing you, I'd love to represent you. Yeah. That's fine. Yeah. that's It's a totally acceptable way to get clients. I'm not saying you can't sit in an open house that isn't your listing. But you can do it and be transparent and be exactly. honest about the process exactly. at the same time. Correct. I feel like this is more an agent etiquette episode. It <laughs> kind of is. But we're going to just keep going. Okay. All right. Next up on the where newbies go wrong. Um, this, this is just exactly the same thing. Buying leads where the public mm. thinks you're the listing agent. That's confusing. Oh, okay. I recently had an agent in my office um, who said she had a listing mm-hmm. that required her to be present for showing. Okay. She would always get there early to turn mm-hmm. on all the lights mm-hmm. before they got there. Okay. And then when she would get there, she would just wait till they're, you know, once the agent and the buyers are together mm-hmm. and she would tell them about the home. And then right. she would just kind of sit in the living room and let them Be- tour without her. Right. And then she would lock up. She said almost every buyer that showed up had never, never met, met their agent before. Mm-hmm. When they saw her, 
they thought the listing the- agent they were like oh thank you so much for meeting us and she was like oh i'm not your agent and they were like aren't you the listing agent? And she said, yes. And they said, well, we were on Zillow and we clicked contact agent. We wanted to do that. And we wanted to talk to the listing agent. And then Sally Sue shows up and they've never met Sally Sue. And Sally Sue knows nothing about this house. Mm -hmm. Didn't do any homework. Mm -hmm. Has never met these people. Mm The listing agent is answering all the questions that they have. Right. Is basically doing the whole showing. Which is all they really wanted. She said it was so awkward every single time. Yep. That And she said, I also was just amazed that out of 10 showings, seven had never met their agent. Do you know what price until range then. that was in? It was like a luxury listing. Okay, that's what I was about to go with this. Yeah. So uh, the only time I've ever had to do that, be present, was for a luxury listing. Mm-hmm. It's kind of common in our market. Mm-hmm. You know, the higher end listings, the the seller wants you to be present. I, I It was necessary for me, and you were went on showings there, um, because there were so many features to the house. Yes. And so many questions that people had. If I wasn't there, it would have just be difficult mm-hmm. for the other for an agent to really get through the the property. But I think that especially in luxury houses, those agents are just so jazzed mm-hmm. that this lead came through their Zillow. Right. And they're like, Yeah, I'll show Finally that gonna get to some you. money back. They don't honestly, I don't think they think through it is a very awkward situation if that's the first time you're meeting your client and there's another agent there. How are you going to do your... I would feel so weird. Like your buyer consult, basically, they, right? Here's the thing, Katie. People are do not it. doing buyer consults. What is wrong there with There are world? agents out there that have no systems, no processes. They are literally just running and opening doors and we're here to change that. And they just hope that that Zillow lead decides they want to write an offer mm-hmm. and lets them do it, basically. Yes. Will you please let me do it? Yes. Well, I just don't think that's okay. And if you're a new agent or an old agent or a whatever mm-hmm. agent, um, you you can't just run out. It's also a safety issue. It is. And especially on a luxury listing, mm-hmm. you have no clue who those people are. And I even, so the only quote unquote lead source that I have right. is the Dave Ramsey leads. I'm okay. an endorsed Dave Ramsey realtor. So if somebody goes to the Dave Ramsey site and wants to buy or sell a house, they are given three agents. Right. And we have to like fight it out basically. <laughs> right. It's a fight to the death. Yes. I always try to be the first call. Okay. Um, and let and I try to be transparent with them. And I say, listen, when you go through his website, you do your information gets t- sent to three of us. Yep. We are trained to call you and follow up with you until you tell us you're taken care of. If you would like to interview all three of us, Go feel free. It. Yeah. If you're pleased with how our conversation went today, mm-hmm. feel free to let the other two know that you're taken care of. Yeah. And they'll no longer follow up with you. Yeah. What's awkward about that? Just tell them the Just truth. Just tell them the truth. Just tell them the how truth. How does this work? Oh, I didn't know when I went through the website, I got three people calling me. I didn't know anybody would call me. I thought I would just get information to call someone. Yeah, I just hit a button. Yeah, and it could be on that. Just Mm. telling people how it works. I always tell agents, if you're thinking it, I wonder if my seller is angry. Ask them. Yeah. I wonder if my buyer is like still looking. I haven't heard from them. Call them. Yeah. Whenever you're thinking something, just be confident in asking the questions. Confidence is key. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. I mean, I agree with that 100%. Here's another one where newbies go wrong. Showing a for sale by owner, and I'm doing my air quotes, because you have an interested buyer. Which when you really don't exist. When you really don't. Right. Like that is a tactic. When I was new, I went to a um, training thing at another company that I was invited to. It's funny because looking back, I understand now that I was being recruited. I did not understand that at the time. You were like, that's a good class. I was like, you're so nice. Thank you for inviting me. No, Mm -hmm. that's not what this was. That's the trap. Yeah. And they were like, here's what you do. You call the for sale by owners and you tell them you have a client. Mm -hmm. You don't have a client, but they don't need to know that. I'm like, that's a lie. That's a lie. You're like, this class is no good. What is happening here? Right. But your goal is to just meet the people and get face to face. That is still misleading the public. It is. You can, you can say, I like your neighborhood. I work here sometimes. I'd love to preview your for sale. Buyer. Yeah. No need Why to tell them you have, have a buyer. Lie? Why did you Mm-mm. have to lie? So, okay. That one. 
Hello friends, we are so excited that so many of you are using the template course and the reviews are just pouring in, letting us know that it has helped your business as much as it has helped our business. Yes, listen to this review. Thank you so much for providing this wealth of information, knowledge, and template form. So far, I've used a handful and received positive feedback like, this is so professional, or I really appreciate how organized you are. I mean, can you imagine? Yeah, Your clients are there. actually going to say that. Yes. All right, here's another one. Thank you so much for this. I can't tell you how many times I've started this and how many notebooks of samples and notes I had. <laughs> I have ADHD and it is super hard to stay focused on getting it done. Having it all in one place is going to make it so nice. That is what we're here for. No, just look, you don't need to reinvent the wheel. Just yeah. use these. Yeah, nice and simple, easy, ready to go, ready for you to put your own logo on, make it sound like you. So head over to hustlehumblypodcast.com slash course slash course and check it out that's right and you're gonna enjoy them you're gonna love them you're gonna love gonna it. change your life literally fired <laughs> my assistant they are the best okay, enjoy the template yes enjoy yeah uh, here's your next where newbies go wrong uh, treating this career as a side hustle Mm -hmm. I think you need to show up with the understanding that whether or not this is your side hustle because I'm not saying you can't do that I know some a lot of us have started that way um uh, you have to understand that the majority of the agents you're going to work with, this is their full-time career. Yeah. You can't, and, and I did ask agents for um, what they wanted to tell our audience. Basically, what do they, what do new agents do that is annoying slash troublesome? And what would you like new agents to know? And one of the responses was, um, only being available to discuss deals, air quotes, after work. Oh, like they're like, off of work oh, now like, and they I'll, need we help. We can discuss that repair request when I get off of work. Mm -hmm. And then as you, as the full-time agent who's trying to like get through your day and not work right. after work. Right. Um, like I'm off now. Like that's it. I'm done. Right. Yeah. So that's, I think, another newbie error. And it, look, it doesn't mean you can't start off with a re like another job, but you're going to have to be really thoughtful about how are you going to handle your real estate business while you have another job. Yes. If you can't find a lunch break in your day where you're allowed to use your phone and read your email, maybe it's not going to work. Right. Like you can't, you can't, ex you have to, you can't be completely unavailable within business mm -hmm. hours. You just can't. Yeah. Okay. Um, last one on my newbies go wrong is feedback is not optional. Like they don't leave feedback? Yeah, like if you do a showing. Oh. Being professional is not optional. Okay. And skipping training and shadowing another agent is not optional. Like you've got to do the training. training. Shadow trained. the agent. Do the well, you can go back and listen to three P's of professionalism for feedback and all that jazz. Mm -hmm. But like you gotta do the training. Mm -hmm. Just because they said you were done with real estate school. Mm. No, no. Mm -mm. That's not the end. So I think that that's that's my last on that. We had uh, an agent reach out via email um, and asked if now was a bad time. You to read it? Yeah, read it. Okay. She said, serious question here <laughs> that I'd love for y'all to discuss on the podcast. Do you think this is a poor time to start in real estate? I've been an agent for going on six months and I've been fortunate enough to do a handful of deals. However, with the extremely low inventory, it feels like even if you have folks to work with, you can't close a sale with a buyer. It's super discouraging and makes me wonder if I should put this on ice and revisit when the market simmers. No. Thoughts, Alyssa? No, <laughs> I don't it. think that's she what says, you should no, do. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think that's what you should do either, but tell us why. Um, no, I think at any time, no matter what the market is doing, should not reflect what you are doing. Yeah. When you are new, your first year needs to be focused on training. Yep. And building your database. Yep. There is so much to do during that time. So say right now, well, I don't have a lot of houses to show because there's not a lot of inventory. Use that time to really fine tune your systems, get your templates in place. Um, work on your database, reach out to friends, write letters, let people know what you're doing. Yeah. You will get the business. Oh, yeah. Those are the exact same things you need to be doing if the market is slammed. No matter when you start. Mm -hmm. I That's exactly what I wrote in my notes, that 
it's rarely going to be super busy from the beginning. Yeah. You, you don't just get your license and the next day you're super busy. And I think it probably is a little discouraging and confusing for new agents when they hear the market is so hot mm-hmm. and they can't find clients or they can't close deals. Mm-hmm. Like then you feel like, well, wait, if the market's so hot and I can't survive here, mm-hmm. then maybe I'm not cut out for this. I was in the office this week and there was a an agent that was newer and um, we were chatting and she said that she's thinking about getting out of real estate and okay. getting into a full-time job. And I was like, well, why? And she said, it's just not working out for me like it worked out for you. And I said, well, what do you mean? And she said, well, you just have so many deals. I said, well, I'm, I'm on year 10. Right. She goes, what? She didn't know? No. Like, I've been doing this for 10 years. Yeah. And she's like, how old are you? <laughs> I said, I'm 32. And she said, oh, gosh, are you just, I mean, I guess. Because you're young for the 10 years. Yes. Yeah. That it seems like I would be new because I'm younger. Yeah. Look, and I'm younger looking. Right. So, you know, it just is hard. But I'm like, you're in year one. Right. You can't expect to be. It didn't happen for me it's in year not one. Overnight. Right. It will never be overnight. Never. And then remember. If you've been in the business two years, but you weren't doing what you're supposed to be doing, right. your clock count. hasn't started yet. Count. Your clock begins when you have your systems mm-hmm. in place, when you are treating it like a job, when you're using professionalism, that is when the clock starts. And by year three, then, you should really start yeah. seeing the benefits. Subtraction. Yes. You know, it's so funny because I started in 2015. August of 2005 is when I got my license. Okay. So it was an uber hot market already from just the economy and what was going on. Okay. This is before the crash. And then um, Katrina happened and our local market went bananas. And okay. it wasn't a low inventory time. There were plenty of houses and you could basically sell. I'm not even joking, y'all. There were houses that were showing with like a leftover sandwich in the middle of the living room floor. <laughs> like you could sell anything because people were moving from New Orleans. They were like, we just need a house. Yes. Katrina for those non-locals is a hurricane. Hurricane, sorry. A hurricane that flooded New Orleans. Right. And, and like, shut down the city for yes. six months. And people were thinking, we'll never be able to go back. Nope. So they came to Baton Rouge is the next closest big city, right? And they were just like, buy whatever, buy it all. Yeah. My point is, Katie didn't sell a single house during the first six months of her career, even though everyone, any doofus with a license could have sold as many houses as they wanted to. Okay. But I didn't have the proper training. I didn't feel comfortable rushing into like kind of a, you know, a really rushed. Yeah. And you're rushed. Things were weird. I closed my first deal six months later. Granted, a lot of my deals that following year were still that same buyer who were coming from that area. And and so it was a little bit easier to get like a, you know, most of my deals then were phone calls to the office on mm-hmm. listings and stuff. But the point is, even in a hot market, you just don't show up on day one and then everyone wants to work with you. Right. You don't even have the, I didn't have the confidence then to to represent anyone doing anything. I'm mm-hmm. like, I haven't even seen this done once. Right. Like, I haven't even followed an agent and seen the whole process done one time. Mm-hmm. I, I, how am I going to jump into it? I, in fact, it made it, I think, a little bit difficult because the market was hot. Yeah. So you kind of have to just, but go find that agent that can be your mentor that will let you shadow them and then provide them value so that they want to do that. Hey, do you mean to hold your listings open? Hey, can I go make those copies for you? Hey, can I go distribute your flat? Whatever it is that they need. I have some thoughts on that too. Okay, go. When I was new, I was in the office asking, can I hold your houses open? Do you need me to go to a termite inspection? Mm -hmm. Is there anything I can do? Do you want me to put your sign out? Guess what I was asking to be paid? Nothing. Nothing. You're not too good to train. The A lot of the agents now, okay, that'll be $50. Oh, you want me to show one house, $25 per house. Oh, you want, and I am shocked. I would like to curse now, but I will keep it clean. I'm like, it's just, there seems like there's this new entitlement of, I I never asked for payment because I wanted to learn. Thank you. And my time was not worth money when I was that new because I didn't know anything about anything. Right. Oh, I I mean, I should be so lucky as to have an agent who would let me go on a termite inspection. Sure. You trust me to do that? I don't Mm -hmm. even know what the heck I'm doing. Yes. Oh, but it makes me feel sad 
that that people don't understand. Training doesn't have to go on for three years. No, do that for six months. Do, yeah. do it for three months. Like you you can ask for show money to do showings after six months. Mm-hmm. I mean, but you can't like step in on day one and be like, oh, sure. Here I am. Yeah. I'll do that open house for you. That'll be $100. Yes. I mean, <laughs> I just, I completely agree. And then you. the side note is I don't mind when people come and ask me for help. Right. But have you been doing what you're supposed to do? Have you been going to the classes, going to the trainings, going to the meetings in your office? Have you been touring new listings to learn subdivisions? Yeah. Before you ask me how to use Authentisign. Right. Did you watch the webinar? It's all Are you asking me to be your... To just hand you free information without you putting in the work? The work. And that if if you are someone that I see in the office attending webinars, attending classes, mm-hmm. and you ask me for help, I am more than happy to right. help you. If you are not putting forth any effort and every time you have a question, you want someone to totally stop their day mm-hmm. and teach you, I'm like, no, oh, there's a webinar on that. But that's part of why I stopped going into my physical office. Yes. And bless, it wasn't yes. just the new agent. No. It could be any no. agent because technology is always changing. Right. And things that, you know, even the MLS was always changing. I'd be like, I love you all and I want to be helpful, but I can't get my work done if I'm also having to teach you something that I watched a webinar on. Or right. I, I taught myself cl- this. I went to the class for, mm-hmm. I went to the board and learned how to do the thing. And I'm better for it. Thank like you. I know what I am doing because I participated. Yeah, you pay your dues to the board. Go take advantage take of classes. the classes. There's, so, There's so many. Okay, it's so funny you said that because again, in my question to our listeners, I, I what would do agents do that is annoying? Asking questions about how to do something instead of doing the training class. <laughs> there you go. They're la- and then they said lazy. Lazy. I mean, don't be lazy. I don't be lazy. It's a, it's a career that you put in all that time. Maybe is it also that they think they're supposed to already know it because you did all those education hours? I guess. I don't know what the I don't know what the reason is, but don't be that new agent. Right. Be the one that says, hey. Is there a class for such and such? Mm -hmm. Or go look at the list of classes. Yeah. Now, this is where I would like to also talk about classes. I I understand. So when you're in the beginning and you have the time and you're slow, maybe it's hard to put those deals together. Then we tell you go get education. But don't get overwhelmed with the amount of available education Mm because I feel like that's what also happens. You get paralyzed by you know, XYZ company recruited you and said, we have all this training. And then you get there and there is all this training, but you're like, oh my word, it's what do so I need? much. Like, mm-hmm. what's the basics? What do I need to do? And I kind of think that's why people enjoy the podcast. Yes. Because you can pick the topic. Well, today I want to learn about CMAs. Let me go listen to that episode. I think that it is hard to weed through all of that education and mm-hmm. figure out what you need to know. You don't need a deep dive on a listing presentation if you've never even worked with a single client. Right. Like it's, it's maybe that's maybe soon. the class you want to take leading up to your first appointment. Well, right. But so like, what are you trying to learn? Go f- go take that class. Mm -hmm. Like, did you take the basics class, how to fill out a purchase agreement? Mm -hmm. The board surely offers that where you are. They do here. Yeah. I mean, like, get try and figure out what the basics are, learn the basics, and then move on to the next thing. But don't choose not to take any class because there's too many. Right. And this is coming, this is nice because you love classes and learning and I don't love classes. But you did them. But I did them. And I also was more like, I was doing so many open houses and really trying to learn from experience. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, whatever your learning style is, you need to be just humbling yourself while you're new. Right. I mean, whatever your learning style is, Mm -hmm. you have to learn and then build your systems in order to build your confidence. If Mm -hmm. you're feeling like I'm never going to get this Mm -hmm. and I've got to do like learn on the job, I've got to do some deals. You can learn this stuff without physically doing a deal. Yeah. You can practice saying it, saying certain things, understanding. Right. I think that um, I wrote a note. It really isn't harder than you think. I think we all get into it and are like, this is so com- like so com- complex and like there's so many parts of this and I'll never learn it all. And I'm going to miss something. And that really affects your confidence too. This is how it goes. 
before their license. <laughs> this is going to be great. This is going to be so easy. I can get my license in three weeks. This I'm going to make fast. all this money. money. All my friends are going to use me. My family, I'm going to have all these clients. Yeah. Graduation day from real estate school. And they're like, huh? oh, now what do I do? Now I'm licensed. What? Yeah. How do I get client? Why didn't my friend use me? What's happening? I don't know what to do. I'm not confident. I'm not working. I'm not showing up at the office. You don't know what to do. Right. And then you get just, I think you get paralyzed you do. in the fear. Mm -hmm. You're like, I'm in the fear now. But you have to get dressed mm -hmm. and go oh, find something. That was key for me. So I'll tell, we've talked about this before, but in case you haven't heard it, um, when I was new, I went to a big company for the beginning. I was there for two or three months. It did not work out. And then I went to a very small, like boutique firm five agents the broker had helped the agent who had sold me my house previously he was like oh go see my broker she's great and she did put me in her car because she was a working agent and i went to closings and inspections and showings and listing appointments yeah. and all the things and i did that like i literally drove her car some days while she worked and then we went to all the things mm -hmm. for several months wow several months and i would show and that getting dressed what i was trying to get at I would get up every morning mm -hmm. and put on my work clothes and mm -hmm. go into the office. And either I went with her on the appointment or I answered the phones or I got on the MLS and just learned about neighborhoods. Yeah. I just looked at data. And um, I think on the flip side of that, we talked about find a new agent, shadow them. I kind of dread that phone call. I'm not going to lie. To be shadowed? Yeah. Well, okay. Because <laughs> it's a lot of work. <laughs> yeah. And I don't. I, I'm just so on the go. I can't tell you uh -huh. that this is like my usual day and this is what I have. And I don't want someone with me all the time. But you know, as an experienced agent, what you can do is you can say, hey, guys, I have a closing today at nine o'clock. If you want to come sit. Yeah. You're welcome to come. I do that with it. That's like, I don't, I'm not picking you up. We're not riding together. Oh. You can be there or not. And when it's done, we can go our separate ways. Yeah. Or, hey, guys, if you've never been to a home inspection and want to see how that goes, I'll be at this I'll house at this time. Come. Yeah. You know, there's things that you can do that allow them to come without you having to just be totally bogged down Agreed. with training. I, I have some new agents or just, you know, less experienced than me agents in my office who've followed me to lots of things. Yeah. I It's fine. But I will say this. I've had... Um, you know, my broker say, hey, there's new agent so-and-so, and she would love to go on appointments with any of y'all, like basically told the whole office. Mm -hmm. um, so just reach out to her. And then you're kind of like, that never occurs to me. Right. But when that person repeatedly comes, so I'm talking to you, new agents, mm -hmm. ask your mentor once, hey, do you have any appointments this week? Okay, no, nothing. You want me? Okay, fine. Next week. Hey, do you have any appointments this week that maybe I could just yeah. um, tag along on? Okay, no, yes, either way. Next week. Hey, they're not going to come to you. Right. You cannot ask a busy agent to come babysit you and find you and, and force you into their car right. or to their appointment. Mm -hmm. You have to keep actively seeking that education. Yes. Actively seeking it. Okay. So I did make notes on, and one person in our uh, listener group said, it's okay to ask for guidance from other agents. Yeah. Like, don't be afraid. Now, some agents are going to be a little bit more standoffish than others. Some are going to be more like, you know, open with their information or let you come on the appointments. But hopefully you found someone like that prior to picking your office mm -hmm. or your broker is like that. Or you made me do a little research on what is the mentoring like? Like, yeah. who, who can I talk to? Do I know anyone here um, before you get stuck there? But I made some notes for the vets. Okay. Okay. So what you basically started talking about. So you're, you're a vet, you, you've, you've got your busy business and now the new agents are in your face. Okay. Okay. So number one, how to combat the new agent, sketchy agent behavior. Mm. So maybe it's not just a new agent. Maybe it's a sketchy agent. I think I had a few thoughts on this. So based on my stories, buyer agreements. So vets, I know that you maybe do or don't do these. I have never gotten in the habit. But if you're having trouble with people stealing your buyers, start getting those buyer agreements signed. Yes. Um, buyer rules. Yes. Send Using the, the templates. Send yeah. out the buyer rules. Tell them what's going on. 
Um, and extreme transparency with your buyers up front. Like, tell them how the system works. Yeah, they need like, to know. Other agents are going to try and steal you. It's okay to say that. Yeah. Like, you're going to come across other people who will try to, like, grab you. Um, also, interviewing buyers to decide if you want to work with them instead of taking every single one. That's a great idea. So... Instead of you feeling upset that a new agent came in, snagged somebody that maybe you didn't have the time to follow up with anyway, right? maybe more thoroughly interview your buyers. Mm -hmm. Are we a fit? Is this going to work? Do you want to sign my buyer agreement? Sure. As a veteran agent, you probably have some latitude to do that. Mm -hmm. Like, hey, I've been doing this a long time. If you want to work with me, here are the buyer rules. Here's the agreement. If you don't feel comfortable with that, that's okay. There are lots of agents that won't make you do this. Right. Okay. Um, and then I had consider, oh, this is tough. Cause I was like, well, what about sellers who end up dumping you? You know what I mean? How do you deal with that? I think you have to explain that you don't get paid until the house sells. Right. They need to understand the explain process. Explain what's going on with this, like that your service starts from the pre-listing appointment. If they're going to work with you, we're going to commit to that to each other. And then I'm going to tell you the staging tips. Mm -hmm. And then I'm going to tell you what to do in your house. Mm -hmm. And then we're going to set up photos. Like you can't dump me. Mm -hmm. you know, midway through. At the end. I had an agent reach out recently and said, I have been working with this seller for months. Oh God. Helping them get their house ready. I have been over there so many times. I helped them pick out paint colors. I helped them figure out what needed to go in storage and this and that. And now it's time to list. Yes. And he is like, X percent? Yes. I don't want to pay X percent. Is, Can we cut this that? happened to me. And she's like, well, I have I already, been, I already I've already done all my, right, service. right. For free. It's almost like there needs to be a flow chart for them of this is what you're getting. Interview process. You Once you have signed that you are mm -hmm. working with me, we will move into staging consultation. I know, but Alyssa, this is where, this is where it gets tricky. In our market, the board does not allow you to sign a listing yes. agreement yes. until you have 48 right. hours to put on the MLS, one mm -hmm. business day, whatever it is. It's a short period. Mm -hmm. I cannot get at my pre-listing appointment. I can't get the seller to commit and sign a paper, then give them the staging tips. Then they paint and do all this because I think I worded as once you have selected me as your agent. Right. Then I will. Then we move into the staging consultation. And I'm going to give you a thought I have and I've never used it. So if someone wants to try this, let me know if it works. What if you had them sign a letter of intent? Sure. Like this is common in commercial. Yeah. I intend to list my home with you when I am done preparing it. Yes. Now I will feel confident in giving you all of my information. Wonderful. And years of knowledge. Yeah. I'm going to try that. That's a good idea. I think it's a great idea. And okay. it sounds professional. Yes. We are starting a pro because guess what? Our professional relationship is starting now. It lets them know. This is the beginning. Yes. This you, is whatever. This is what where you start paying me. Because I can't, I can't uh, give you all the, the advice and then you go find a discount broker because it's cheaper. But I already started serving you. Right. It's annoying mm -hmm. and wrong. It is wrong. And they don't understand. Um, okay. So here's other tips for the vets. Be willing to train up a new agent during a deal. If you discover this is yeah. a newer agent who isn't obviously isn't comfortable or even tells you this is their first deal or second deal or whatever. Be nice. Um, have patience. Yeah. Model professionalism. Um, you were new once. And maybe even follow up a little bit more on the transaction. Yeah. Like, hey, did you remember to get the wood destroying insect right. report? You know, things that are commonly forgotten. Yeah. If you have your checklist for buyers, maybe yep. just be thinking, okay, have they done everything I would yeah, have done? check on them. They'll yeah. appreciate it. Have be they nice. done everything I would have done? Yeah. It's sort of like working on the for sale by owner. <laughs> I mean, but like give them some grace. They don't already know. Yeah. If they're learning on the job, teach them. Mm -hmm. Don't just be annoyed and tell your friends how annoying it is. Right. Um, and then I put in, which you kind of mentioned, consider mentoring a new agent um, or point them in the direction of the appropriate trainings. Mm -hmm. If you feel like you can't handle a mentee, um, send them to the podcast. Yeah. You do it. I do it all the all time. All the time. Can you give me advice on my first open house? Sure. Check out the sure. open house episode. There's a whole hour of me chatting about, about what, what, what to do during is. an open house. Right. That's what's so... We have all these topics and so they're all lovely. beautifully categorized now. Right. Right. Exactly. So do that. Lots of resources. Um, I also wanted to mention karma. Okay. <laughs> She's um, real. It's real. It's so, My kids asked me recently if that was real. I'm like, I don't even know where you learned that. Yeah. I had to tell them like a lot about karma. Anyway, um, you... 
as a new agent or an inexperienced agent or an agent without systems or processes, um, your behavior is going to come back and bite you. Yes. If you steal clients, if you snipe new, you mm-hmm. know, first time buyers, if you um, represent yourself as the listing agent when you're not, all of these things, um, guess what? The other agent on the other end of that figure knows who you are. They will remember you forever. Forever. And when you're in a multiple offer situation on their listing, guess who's not getting preference? Mm -hmm. I mean, that's the truth of it. Like, Mm -hmm. they're not going to want to work with you. They're not going to follow. Maybe it's not even that. Maybe you showed their listing and then they get an offer, but maybe they don't want to tell you that they have an offer because they don't really want to work with you. In my, like, third year of real estate, I worked with just the angriest veteran agent. She did oh, not no. like me. I don't think she likes anybody. Okay. The transaction was horrible. She was so rude. And to this day, seven years later, you, and I see it's her listing, I just uh, kind of like cringe a little bit inside. You're like, no. I don't want to work with her. I know. Be the, you've said it before, be the agent other agents want to work with. Yes. Be that person. Um, okay. My last thought from one of our listeners was in the, what you wish new agents knew. Okay. Your clients feed off of your energy, so stay calm. Yeah. (laughs) We have lots of talk about that in other episodes. But that's true. I think that new agents get... It takes a while to learn to control your emotions in the business. Yep. You have to get mentally tough. You have to get used to things. Mm-hmm. And if you are frantically, or if you're telling your client, these sellers are being so <laughs> difficult, blah, no. blah, blah. No. All of a sudden, it's not about the house anymore. Right. The buyers don't like mm-hmm. the sellers. It mm-hmm. becomes a personal thing. And if you make it to the closing table, it's funny because they're usually like, well, they weren't what I thought they were. Oh, always. You know, like they're actually really nice. And why did this transaction seem so ugly? Yeah. Because the agent was not the professional buffer. Right. Well, they didn't have the confidence to do it. Yeah. Or maybe the emotional intelligence. (sighs) Right. There's so many episodes for this. Yes. Go get that emotional boundaries Mm -hmm. set up. Um, yeah, there's, there's a lot to, it's a lot. Well, we're in a a place in our industry right now where a lot of people lost their jobs or left their jobs during COVID and real estate is, seems like an easy thing to get into. It is technically easy to get into. Yeah. And so fun. Right. And so everybody's like, we're going to get into real estate. It's so fun. Right. And so there's just this influx of new agents and that is fine, but you really need to enter it correctly to succeed it is a business yeah it is a career there are people who this is their livelihood and they cannot or don't want to have to you know Mm -hmm. deal with your bad behavior right don't and if you didn't listen to the episode not that long ago on um, negativity don't make us look bad sure if you're going to pop in here it's not going to work out you do a bunch of bad stuff and then pop out Mm -hmm. no thank you right that's not helping the people who plan to stick. Each transaction that you do, treat it like a business. Yeah. And the realtor brand will remain strong. Yes, that's important. Very important. Super important. Are you going to do our toast for us today? I'm going to do our toast today. Okay. Um, because it's funny. Because when I was a new agent, I, w- I was like two years in. And I taught a class at our office on the iPad. Okay. So while I wasn't teaching them how to run their... How to get clients. Hold on. Is this the class where you said, now I need you to go to the... The Apple store. The Apple store. To buy this app. They were like getting up to leave. Yes. They were getting up to go to like a brick and mortar. Where's the Apple store? I'm like, oh man. You're like, we need to really back up because this is an icon on your iPad. Back it up. Um, But in that class was an older lady named Nancy. Nancy. And I was amazed that she was in this class with her iPad that her son had gotten her. Um, She was in her 70s. And she just was wonderful. She was willing to learn. Mm -hmm. There was no, well, I'm just old and I don't know these things and I don't want to know these things. I'm just here to complain about the technology. Uh She was excited about the technology and she was easing into retirement at this time. She was still learning. And she was still learning. She wanted to learn. She wanted to stay sharp. Love it. Even though she was easing into retirement, kind of because of some health issues, she still wanted to be knowledgeable and be able to answer people's questions. Okay. She did real estate for over 40 years. Wow. Okay. 
And even when she had been retired, mm-hmm. her past clients were calling her regularly. Wow. And they were saying, and we have one girl call her and say, well, Nancy, I'm not buying a house with anybody else. You gotta be the one. You have to be my agent again, Nancy. And she's like, well, I mean, I guess I'll help. You know, I can't drive anymore, but oh. Alyssa can be my driver. Right. And anyway, we just developed this beautiful friendship and she would refer her clients to me, especially buyers. Yeah. She could not show houses anymore. Right. Um, sellers, we would co-list okay. anything. And while she sat at the table and did the paperwork mm-hmm. and went over the process, I would walk through the house okay. and make the to-do list. Yeah. And, you know, I was her legs. Right. And she was the client manager Love at it. that point. Okay. And um, I was amazed at just the people that called her 10 years after wow. to ask her opinion. Mm-hmm. And um, everybody just raved about her. She passed away recently. And up at, it was so touching to me because, you know, towards the end, there wasn't a lot of visitors and yeah. things like that. But her kids called me and was like, she would love to see you. I love and I was it. just like, okay, okay I'll be there. I'm coming right now. And like I went and I held her hand and she was very weak at the end. And I just thought what I felt like I needed to just speak. Right. So I'm like, the market is still really crazy out there. <laughs> Wait, Nancy, listen to what's going <laughs> Nancy, on. Nancy. And I just started talking. I told her about my most recent deal and the things that happened. And she it. would like smile and make Aww. faces. But it it was just the most beautiful friendship. I called her when I got pregnant with Haven. And I'm like, Nancy, <laughs> I'm pregnant. How am I ever going to sell a house? And she just laughed at me. Mm-hmm. She, she always laughed when I needed to hire an assistant. Nancy. I hired an assistant. It's going terrible. And she would just laugh. And we would like, I'd hire oh another one. Gosh. And then when I found Whitney and I was like, Nancy, I think I think I found the one. She's the one. She was always calling and checking on me. How's Whitney doing? How's it going? How's the assistant going? How are the kids? How's your business? Right. And she was just always coaching me and speaking into me. Like I taught her and she taught me. Love it. And um, I just, the fact that, that her legacy is so big, it just really made me go, And the thing is, is that her legacy isn't because she was just like, I mean, she sold a lot of real estate. Yeah. But it wasn't because she was always at the top and the top producer. She was never on a billboard that I know of. Right. You know, it was that she loved her people so well. Mm -hmm. And she had this amazing perspective about, I sell real estate. Yeah. This isn't. Right. Like, yeah, you can have a family and sell real estate. Right. Um, I'm not an emergency room doctor. Right. Like things aren't going to crumble. And, right. you know, I don't have to. My losses at work are not losses like other people experience. Right. It's all about perspective. Yep. And she just had the most joyous perspective. Aww. So I wanted to toast to Fancy Nancy. Fancy Nancy. That was her like she, name oh, that she, she went by. Amazing. She was wonderful. Oh. And we loved to lunch and brunch and Oh my God. So anyway, cheers to, cheers Nancy, to Nancy and her wonderful family. What a gem. Such a gem. I know. You were lucky. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, cheers, Nancy. Yeah. All Have right. a good week, guys. Okay, bye friends. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Hustle Humbly podcast. Let us know who we should toast to for the next episode. Be sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Hustle Humbly Podcast. If you have an episode, topic, or question, please email us at hustlehumblypodcast at gmail.com. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast and leave a review. See you next week. Bye. This is the good life.